What's up, family? This is the Just Breathe podcast, and I am April Love, personal brand success coach, entrepreneur, and now your new best friend. Just Breathe is all about all things you, taking your personal life to the next level. I know that it's sometimes hard to even catch your breath on a day-to-day basis, but we're going to inhale, exhale, and just breathe. Just Breathe season two is all about giving you some applicable ways to kind of like break past the learning curve of life, you know? Yes, life is going to life. Yes, we all have our journey. Yes, it's necessary for us to face challenges, uphill battles, the whole nine. However, it's how we approach them and how we come out on the other side. Um, How to not operate in shame and fear and, and find yourself floating in, you know, um, analysis paralysis, you know, really started to just have fast action when it comes to your life. And sometimes it takes seeing that being done by other people to kind of inspire you to be somewhat of a blueprint. So I want to have these people, these high performers, um, people that are really winning in their industry, their prospective industries, as well as in their personal life, financially, emotionally, the whole nine, you know, and they have a story to tell. And I think we'll find ourselves in those stories woven into everyone's story. I think we're so much alike than we are different. We tend to think, well, you know, I'm just working over here in a silo. I'm on my own island, but we're on this big old world together. We're on this big planet together. We need each other. You know, I love to travel, but I couldn't do it without a pilot, right? I couldn't do it without the people that book my ticket. I couldn't do it without my clients that pay me. So I just want to show how we're all intertwined and how we can all work together to advance each one of us towards our respective goals, which is the betterment of the entire world, if you want to think about it. I think high level, guys. I just do, you know? How do you use this platform to help your purpose and your mission as you are pulling out of your guest? Ooh, in all honesty, I think I am, I'm blessed for one to be able to curate the guest myself. I'm able to sit with the producers. I'm able to talk to my team about the things that matter to me. Um, I don't feel like it's for me alone, but it's definitely for me. You know, I feel like God has given me this, this charge, this duty, um, in my walk for a specific reason, you know, to give a platform to these people that are very similar to me and my walk and my journey and my past and my challenges, but they're also vision casters, they're change agents. So I'm, I'm gleaning from them. Sometimes I want to stop taping and start taking notes. That's just how good sometimes the conversations are. So it's a big part of my platform and the, you know, April love 2.0, but it's also very impactful in the sense of I am able to garner things from them that I may not have. I have aha moments all the time. I'm, you know, I'm sitting in a conversation and I realize I see myself, I mirror something in them and it's, and I take away from it and and I'm forever changed, you know, but I also know that once it goes out to all the masses, it's impacting a lot of people that will impact other people. So it's like big picture thinking, but it's very singular with me too, because it still impacts me as well. So I think it's very, very beneficial in my personal walk because, um, I'm forever a learner, forever a student and bringing these people on, you know, to the platform to just breathe, I'm able to breathe a little bit clearer myself. How did we come to a place where we felt like Just Breathe was a platform that we needed as an entrepreneur? Like, how did we conceptualize Just Breathe? Ooh, Just Breathe. Just Breathe. I knew, okay, let me take you back. First of all, it was at least, uh, I was an early adapter to podcast to YouTube, to audio experiences as well as as, um, blogs. 
And I was always a consumer, but I kept seeing myself doing it. I, I like to to have a, a, a something like this. I just knew that this was going to be a part of my my vision, and and I didn't know how initially, um, but I know that it was something that I felt like just came naturally to me. It resonated with me, so I initially started the Ask April Love Show, and I'm going to say that was about shoot six or seven years ago, and it was more so what I thought I should be doing, what people, you know, you should have a show, you should have a talk show. People say that all the time, you're so funny, blah, blah, blah. And you know, it's funny how some people see you, how, and that's not necessarily how you see yourself. Um, I've always been a deep thinker. So Ask April Love was fun. It was more so about bringing on my friends and people that were doing amazing things in the area of like entertainment and, you know, the business I've been in for over two decades. But it just wasn't like my jam. You know what I'm saying? It was cool, but I feel like that kind of stuff was being done. But we, what we don't hear, you know, it's kind of like the super soul Sunday aspect of it all. And I love that when, um, Oprah was doing that in the own network, we were able to look at all these, you know, high performance people that are like multimillionaires, uh, you know, phenoms when it comes to like the physical activity, just, just doing things, just doing things that were like, you know, really incredible. And I was like, but what's the story? You know, what's the journey? I want to take somebody. That's great. You got a new movie. That's great. You just won a Grammy. But let's talk about when, you know, you lost your dad. Let's talk about that divorce. Let's talk about when you, you know, were in rehab or, you know, just kind of like, let's, let's see the realness. Let's get behind, you know, the veil a little bit. And I was like, well, hmm, then the pandemic happened and everything kind of went on, on a halt anyway. So I wasn't necessarily producing my show. Um, wasn't really producing much because a lot of stuff just screech. And I was able to really sit and consume a lot more and think about what I really want to do and journal like I always do. And I was like, you know what? The world is on pause and we are all holding our breath. And then it just came. It was like, just breathe everybody. And it was it. I called my guy that, you know, produces my podcast, my original one and some other guys. And, uh, and I said, and I told my team, this is what I want to do. I didn't know how I know what's going to start. We were in the middle of a pandemic, mind you. So I went and, um, Invested in equipment first. That's me. I'm fast action. I don't talk about it. I'm always about it. And I didn't really plan it all the way out. I just felt like, you know, I'm a faith walker. Like, God, you told me to do this. But I had to really get it structured. You know what I'm saying? So I had to have a just breathe moment myself. And um, with COVID going on and so much happening in the world, I just felt an obligation, like a sense to get this content out there, to get people in the studio that were, you know, doing amazing, but to kind of just be able to be a blueprint for people that maybe weren't, that were holding their breath. And I, th I think it's time for people to get past the anxiety of life and really make it happen, you know, live a purpose-driven life, on purpose and in purpose, I always say. But sometimes people just don't know where to start. So let's say you want to be this amazing entrepreneur or you want to be the best, you know, mother you can be or you want to be an amazing relationship, but you don't really have the people to show you. You got a whole bunch of like salacious reality TV and, and so many different things in the church who's like, scaring you to death. You know what I'm saying? So I, I said, that needs to be some balance. I'm all God, but I'm also balanced, you know, alignment. So it was born out of that. And I just started to really test it out. It was really rough, rough in the beginning. I'm going to, honey, loose scripts and, you know, just kind of all over the place. But I know that God told me to do it. So you just do it. And we started filming a couple episodes and it just started to kind of, you know, evolve out of that. So when the world was holding its breath, I said, just breathe. And here we are. <laughs> so it's amazing that, you know, what it's becoming, 
It's, um, we're nowhere near where we're going to be, but we are doing the work and we are finding some amazing guests and we are sewing into our audience. And, um, and hopefully this is some level of, of a, a blessing to some people, um, some level of instruction, you know, like I said, to really, really, really help you pass that learning curve of life and live the life you were purposed and born to live. What's some lessons that you've learned from season two? It's okay to just go with the flow, you know, stop overthinking, stop, you know, putting myself into, um, a state of like, you know, anxiety, that the very thing I speak about, and just really understand that this is like purpose work. This is like a calling. This is something that, you know, is going to launch me into where I'm supposed to be, when I'm supposed to be there. And in doing that, it's going to propel a lot of other people to destiny. So I think season one was all about learning. Season one was all about teaching myself how to breathe. It was about being honest and transparent and vulnerable, you know, putting myself out there like, hey, I don't know everything that I should know, but I'm open. I'm surrendered to the, the process. So season one was just about processing and, and recalibrating and just getting started. So season two is all about action. What surprised April about April? What surprised me about me? I guess more than anything was the level of letting go. I think I surprised myself by being able to surrender and being able to be open to possibilities, to be able to be in the front, to be seen. Um, people will think, you know, because of the industry that I work in, that it's all about the bells and the whistles and the all eyes on me. But that's never been me. Like you, you, you'd be hard pressed at the height of my career to find very many photos of me on this red carpet and that red carpet or to be, you know, taking a bunch of pictures with celebrities. When people have reached out to me to honor me or to um, basically, I mean, I was even being uh, scouted for a couple reality shows myself. And when, you know, we were charged with trying to find images, there weren't very many, you know. I was kind of like, okay, being in the background. But season one <laughs> shocked me. I was able to start to see what other people saw. And, it, and it, it scared me a little bit. I'll be very honest because I feel like when you see the fullness of who you are, it can be very intimidating because it's just like, one, you think I don't want to ever be that person who is ego maniacal. You know what I'm saying? I, I never, I always thought the ego was edging God out, you know? So it's not about me. I would say that it's not about me. It's not about me, but it isn't about me. Anything I do is for the, for the, the betterment of the people around me or the audience that I'm speaking to because I'm just a vessel. I'm the conduit. And I have to be willing to do that because it's a part I've come to accept that it's a part of my next, you know, and the vulnerability of that alone was scary, to say the least. So I learned to let April be who April is going to be. Awesome. And then so you are interviewing all of these high performers, these purpose driven entrepreneurs in season two all who align with yourself and they have all given gems and jewels to people who want to be you all because you fit that same format as well. So what advice, what gems are you giving to people who are looking to step into the media space to step into a, a ask April love 
<laughs> uh, Lane, what 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 gems and and what advice would you give them about your journey and and what they should prepare for? Mm. I don't want to sound cliche because I think some people you know tend to have answers ready for questions of you know like what advice would you give this person or what gym could you drop here or you know what kind of practical advice can you give to someone who wants to do such and such but I am going to be you know very forthcoming in the sense of that of saying I'm very confident in saying that it's okay for you to shine it's okay for you to be everything that you were called to be, be unapologetically, authentically you, sometimes call for you to be outside of the level of comfort. It's okay for you to step outside of your comfort zone. It's okay for you to be seen. It's okay for you to be the loud one in the room. It's okay for you to get the accolades and that you deserve. It's okay for you to, to pop your own collar. It's okay for you to shoot your stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, if you don't do it, who will? You know, because what we what we tend to associate that with is being arrogant, you know, and um, doing too much. Well, I'm in the season of doing too much. I'm in the season of not being arrogant, but being confident. I've worked too hard to, to play the back, you know, and I want people to know that it's okay. It's okay to know how big you really are and to start to think that and then start to align with that and put yourself in the room demand your seat at the table. And if they don't give you a seat at the table, build a table bigger than that table. But you have to be confident and boldly doing that, you know, and that's just not something that comes innately to us, especially as a black woman, because at the end of the day, we can, we can say what we want to say, but there are some discriminatory things in place. There's, there's some things that turn our shine off, even among other women, you know, and I refuse to let that be my story. And I refuse to let that be my sister's story. We're going to shine. We're going to shine. And we're going to, and you're going <laughs> to, you're going to get tired of us. You just are. <laughs> so what do you think stops people from breathing? Uh, what stops us from breathing? Ourselves, our lack of confidence, our, um, our fears, our shame, our guilt, our dishonor of ourselves. Because um, guess what? At the end of the day, if you're the one holding your breath, you're the one that's stopping you from breathing. You, you tend to think that people are putting their hands over your nose and your mouth, but it's really you, you know, because can't nobody stop you. Well, I guess Puff says it best, can't stop, won't stop. But we tend to stop ourselves. We, we, we tend to stop short of being who are we are called to be because we don't want this person to think this thing about us or we don't want to expose something that we feel that we should be guilty for or we don't feel like we are enough or that we don't deserve it, you know. But you are enough. We are enough, you know. You wouldn't have it in you. I don't think it would be a desire of your heart to to do the things that you're called to do and, and just not have the wherewithal to do them. So while we're holding our breath, life is passing us by, but all we have to do is just exhale, breathe. Take it all in, you know. People are waiting on you to take that breath and to breathe boldly, you know, and walk in all of the things, all of the all of the things that you're here to do. We have a limited amount of time, and I think it's a trick, um, an overall trick of like those negative forces. Some say the devil, some say whatever you want to say, but those negative influences in the world are the things that are tricking us into thinking that we're not ready. So we hold our breath for five years, six years, seven years, instead of acting on things that could change the entire trajectory of our life 
as well as generations to come. So it's time to really breathe and breathe deeply. Who got you here? Who mm. influenced April in her in her journey, in her life? Who do we Ooh. owe the flowers to? Wow. Hmm. Who influenced me? Oh, my God. It's so many names swirling around in my head and so many different um, people that I would love to give accolades to. That's I love giving flowers. So I, I'm not really a person that does not honor the people, you know, who have come before me, the people who have supported me, the people who have poured into me. But when I when I see people, the unsung people, the people that are, you know, building a better world around us every day. Of course I could say, you know, I'm inspired by people. I'm inspired by Oprah, God. I'm inspired by Tyler. I'm inspired by a lot of people. But people like um the elders in my life, like uh, Mother Anna Barrett and people that have prayed with me and prayed for me. And um, my mom that raised me, Latrella, and my mama Essie. And I mean, these older women, my godmother, Jerlene, just, just these women who I've seen overcome the most amazing obstacles. I'm talking about in a time when the world didn't love us. They didn't love the color of our skin and they had no reason to give us anything. And these women set a path and they were consistent and they loved us, they cooked for us, they they dressed us up in our Easter dresses, they told us that we were beautiful and that we could do anything in this world. Um, those are the ladies, those ladies, those beautiful ladies sitting in the church, those beautiful ladies sitting on the porch with I, you, you know, snapping peas and getting ready to cook you Sunday dinner and, and the ones who were we're, we're there when you, you you scraped your leg and, you know, all the mothers. I love a black mother, you know. I'm to this day so um, protective of, of older people, you know. And I feel like it's so many different unsung heroes that have really, really laid the groundwork to to really support us. Everybody couldn't be Martin and Malcolm and, and everybody else, but they definitely were those women that held those homes and those families together and I'm inspired by them daily, and I live to um, make all of them proud. You have advised and guided some of the top talent that we have known today. Now that you have arrived, what advice would you give yourself? I've arrived? <laughs> well, I guess, I guess my advice to myself would be to just breathe, take it all in, don't let it overtake you, don't be... Um, swayed by naysayers or haters, keep your eyes on the prize, um, love on the people that love on you, support other women, support the my community, support my family, continue to bring balance to the world, um, talk to people about taking care of themselves, you know, continue to be the person I am called to be. It's not about ego. It's not, yes, I want to live well, travel well, but my advice to myself would be to keep the vision as the vision. Keep my eye on the prize, and that is to be a change that I want to see in the world. That's what I always wanted to do. I've always been that person to see, you know, somebody suffering and want to, you know, stand with them. That's why God, I think, made sure I was born after the civil rights movement because I probably wouldn't have made it through it because <laughs> I'm always standing for the underdog. I don't like corruption. I don't like racism. I don't like people being treated poorly. Um, and I, I'm definitely a supporter of the dreamer. So I would tell myself to make sure I stay focused, stay grounded, 
and utilize my platform to create change. Make sure you tap in with me on all my social media at Ask April Love and my website, theaskaprillovebrand.com.